Welcome to this series from Resurrection Life Church in Granville, Michigan. I want to say that, you know, really, freedom is God's love for us. You know, he really does want us to be free. And sometimes we look at the truth like, oh man, it's, uh, it's so regimented, you know. And, uh, you know, in Proverbs 23 it says, get the truth or buy the truth and never sell it. Like, hang on to it. And, uh, you know, it's like it says, get wisdom, get discipline, get good judgment. And all of God's truth is really for our protection. And, you know, the Bible has so much to say to it. You know, we can possibly not even hardly scratch the surface in a few weeks. But, you know, to hunger and thirst for that truth, for righteousness, it says you'll be satisfied. I think we all know and heard many times that we're the righteousness of God in Christ. But the challenge is to live a righteous life. You know, sometimes we want to stand behind, well, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, you know, and that's good enough, you know, let's just leave it right there. But no, now it's like work out this salvation, live this righteous life. And, um, you know, that's what the Bible tells us over and over again. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. And I'm sure you've realized by now that we're all in a battle. You know, just by the fact that you're born here, you're in a battle, and the battle really is a truth against a lie. You know, it's spirit versus flesh. And, uh, you know, Satan is this liar, he is this accuser, and he comes every day he can to try to attack us some way. And, you know, the battle is usually right here or in our flesh, our emotions. And that's why Paul says, you know, he said, our sinful nature, our carnal mind is at war against God. There's days our flesh just don't want to do what we know we should do. And, uh, you know, when it's governed by the flesh, it's, uh, it's, it's a problem. But the challenge is to walk in the Spirit. Because the Bible says, you know, our sinful nature, it can never please God. And uh, that's why the Bible says over and over, we need to change the way we think. You know, and if we can transform our mind and we can think according to God's Word, um, It'll help us a lot. And we all know that our thoughts produce our attitudes. That's where our words come from. And pretty soon it leads us to actions. Pretty soon it develops habits. And uh, pretty soon it determines our character if we're not careful. And then that's our destiny. And I just want to like say it again and again, that truth comes from God. When you actually work up, look up the Greek word, the Greek word traces the word truth all the way back to Alpha. And, you know, it's no surprise really because in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And when we talk about the truth, well, really we're talking about the word of God or Jesus himself. Um, so it's like in the beginning... Um, truth was there from the beginning. It's, it's really who God is. And um, he is the author, and all truth is found in him. And in Revelations it says, I'll really tell you what's trustworthy and true. He said, I am the Alpha and the beginning, the beginning and the end. And to all who are thirsty, I will freely give from the springs of water, and you'll inherit 
all of his blessings. Um, that's what we really got to grasp. That everything that God's saying to us, everything that he tells us, is because he loves you. He wants to protect you. He wants to keep you from making decisions that hurt you. And truth comes from Jesus. He's the author. And really it is our relationship with Christ. Like it says, it's Christ in me, that's the hope of glory. And if we really think about truth, truth really is boiled down to a lordship issue. You know, it's like we say Jesus is Lord, but sometimes I don't always like the truth of what he says. And that's the challenge, you know, because by nature, we're rebellious. You know, by nature, um, we want to kind of do our own thing. You know, it's like nobody's going to tell me what to do. You know, I'll make up my mind myself. Um, maybe none of you have that problem, but sometimes, you know, some of us feel like uh, the truth is uh, pretty contrary sometimes to the way we feel. And that's really the question every day is, am I surrendered to the truth? You know, will I yield myself afresh every day to God? Um, you could say, do I love the truth more than myself? And some days we like ourselves more than we should. But it, it's a question of um, really loving the truth. And, you know, it's like the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Um, you know, the Bible tells us over and over Guard your health above all else, for it determines the course of your life. What you allow yourself to think, what you allow yourself to believe, um, will take you down the road. So it's like the challenge every day is to keep your heart soft. Don't let your heart get hard, you know. Um, and you got to really examine yourself some days because you can go from here to here sometimes in a matter of a day, by something that happened. And all of a sudden, you're, uh, you're yielding to something other than the truth. Because every day, things knock at our door. Like, there's probably a, a, hardly a day goes by you couldn't be bitter or unforgiving or upset or, you know, feel like you'd like to say a few things you shouldn't say, you know, and... Every day, it's a choice. Like, no, I forgive. No, I'm not going to, you know, do whatever it is. Because we all get hurt. We all have insecurities. We all deal with pride. And um, it's a challenge. And that's why it's, it says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Because if you don't forgive, it says you'll give the enemy a foothold. You'll give him an advantage. Um, so every day, forgive. And the sooner you choose to forgive, the better. Because without forgiving, we're not free. And that's why he tells us. That's why, thank God he forgives our sins, but he wants us to do the same for other people. Or, like it says, you give an opportunity to the, to the enemy. And, you know, all of us, you know, it's like, what is our greatest need? To be loved. We all want to be loved. And what is our greatest fear is to be rejected. And when we're rejected, that's when all kinds of feelings start going. And the old temptation is to respond wrong.
And, you know, David says it. He says, the word of the Lord or the law of the Lord is perfect. It converts our soul. It helps us to think straight. He says, the testimony of the Lord is perfect because it makes us simple. You know, the word of God will actually make you smarter than you are. You know, without the word of God, we could think some stupid things and we could do some stupid things. And that's why he says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And, um, you know, the laws of the Lord are true. Each one's fair. And, you know, everything about God's word, everything about the truth, when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, um, that is so incredible. Because when you choose him to be the way, he's the truth. And what's the result? Life. And that's why it's an everyday choice. Um, you know, and when, I just want to make sure that when we, when we talk about the truth, you know, that we're talking more than just facts. I mean, facts are true, but there's truth. And the, and the Bible says, when the spirit of truth, or when it says, it says, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will lead and guide you into all truth. See, for us to really comprehend the truth, it's about knowing Jesus himself, who is the truth, which takes it to a different level than just facts. Um, you know, every day, we all meditate. You know, our minds are in gear all the time. Sometimes they're in gear and they're hard to shut off. And, you know, the question is, is like, we all meditate every day, whether we realize it or not. The question is, is what are you meditating on? You know, it's so easy to meditate on hurt or unforgiveness or resentment or jealousy or worry. You know, the list goes on and on. And it's like sometimes you catch yourself and you think, what am I thinking? And that's where the truth can arrest you and pull you back to like, wait a minute. That is not what I should be thinking. Um, you know, and... Uh, the Bible says, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Because what we meditate on pretty soon begins to influence us. And then we know, it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. See, you got stuff going on in here. Pretty soon it slips out. Or pretty soon it determines actions. Pretty soon you do things or say things you wish you hadn't because you haven't been, you know, guarding your heart and meditating on the truth. And, you know, the Bible is so full of the law of sowing and reaping. You know, it's like one guy said one time, you know, garbage in, garbage out. You know, who you hang around with, what you listen to, what you meditate on, pretty soon influences you. And, you know, the old enemy would like to think, ah, you can handle it, it won't affect you. But, yes, it will. And uh, sometimes we learn that the hard way. And, you know, the Bible says that God is the source of all hope, and he'll fill you with joy and peace because you trust in him, and then it says you'll overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. See, if you meditate on the word of God and you, you focus on the word of God, it will give you hope. It will give you peace. It will help you go the right way because we all overflow. The question is, what with? You know, sometimes stuff flows out 
because it's there that shouldn't be there. But hopefully, you know, we overflow with love and grace and compassion and empathy for each other and understanding. But that's not always the case if we're not careful to guard our heart. Um, you know, and a tremendous verse is that, you know, we know that God gave the law through Moses. He gave the law. But it says, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Um, some, some verses call it unfailing love. But grace and truth is a tremendous gift to us. And I want to read an excerpt from an article that I have, you know, because truth is the plumb line that God sets, which I put the plumb line here for an example. I'm wiggling it a little bit, but this plumb line is pretty exact. That is dead on. And that's who Jesus is. That's what the Word of God is. It's a plumb line. And it's for us to measure our lives against that plumb line. And he says, we cannot earn or deserve God's grace. And we cannot select what part of his truth we want to embrace and abide by, by it. He says, Jesus did not come to offer grace or truth. He came to offer grace and truth. It says, truth does not minimize grace, it magnifies it. And truth without grace leads to legalism. You know, the Bible says what? You know, the letter kills. You know, with the letter or the truth, you know, we could beat each other over our head. So it's not truth or grace, it's grace and truth together, which perfectly complement each other. See, grace without truth leads to license, and truth provides the message. Grace provides the method. That's, uh, that's something to think about. See, grace is the way we live out God's truth. And grace does not provide freedom to sin. It provides forgiveness for sin. Grace never supersedes or compromises truth, and grace does not replace truth. It reflects it. And truth and grace together lead to liberty. And that is what God wants for each one of us. He wants us to be free. He wants us to be in liberty. He wants to bless us. He wants us to walk in his love. But we need the truth. And we need grace. You know, some environments, they become legalistic, rule-orientated, or guilt-driven. And, for example, they promote an impossible or maybe sometimes even unspoken expectation it's like, follow all the rules, and one day you'll be good enough to deserve God's grace and favor. You ever feel like that? You know, you got to run faster, jump higher, do more, pray more, and if you get here, we just keep raising the level, and you can never be good enough. And that's what grace comes to deliver us from. See, when you focus on imparting God's grace, on the other hand, it often avoids condemning sinful choices and behaviors and the focus is love and forgiveness, not consequences. And not surprising, many interpret this openness as license to live any uh, lifestyle, but that's not the case at all. It's like we read. It's grace and truth together. 
And we know that when it says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's why if you hide God's word in your heart, um, it helps you to know in every situation what to do. You know, the, the Bible talks about, you know, okay, he saves us, we're his, you know. But now he has to sanctify us. Now he washes us. He sanctifies us with his truth. He washes us with the water of the word. That's why it's so important to spend time in God's word, to know God's word. Because, you know, it helps you every day, every situation. You, there's a scripture that comes to your mind to challenge you, to direct, to direct you. And, you know, we all know God's word, uh, but the real challenge is, is to live it, to do it. Um, uh, that's where the rubber meets the road. And, uh, you know, like James says, if you see and you look in the mirror and you got egg in your face and you don't do nothing about it, that's kind of foolish. That's like reading God's word tells you what to do, but uh, the enemy has always said, I got a better idea. He's always there to try to come up with uh, a shortcut or something that don't work. And that's why in John he says, he says, he's talking to people now. He says, for you are the children of your father the devil. And you love to do things that, that are evil things that he does. He was a murderer from the beginning and he always hated the truth. And because there is no truth in him, and when he lies, it's consistent with his character. For he is a liar. And we need to recognize that. The devil is a liar. He does not like you. His plan is to deceive you and to take you down. And, uh, you know, in Revelations, I can't wait to hear this, you know, but he says, uh, the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, and the one who accuses him before God and night. You know, there's not too many games that you play that you know the final score before the game is over. But you know what? We win. All we got to do is hang in there with the truth, and we win. But it's a battle until the end. But if you hang in there, it says nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. I think we all know that Satan is defeated, but he hasn't given up yet. He's still there every day trying to lie, trying to deceive, and comes to put us in bondage. And his weapon is that he's a liar. And he tempts you with his lies, and he works on your feelings, on your emotions. And he tries to convince us that he has an idea, and the idea that he has always appeals to our flesh. And uh, he says, I got a solution. You know, and he comes and tries to get us to believe that what he's telling us to do will work. But the thing is, sin is appealing, but it never works. You know, most of us have tried it. Um, you know, in the end of the day, it don't work out. And uh, after he tempts you and we're foolish enough to do it, then he condemns you, and then he laughs at you, and then he puts you in guilt, and, you know, he is a nice guy. And, uh, you know, I just want to say that my definition of sin is sin is an illegitimate way to meet a legitimate need. See, we have legitimate needs that we all have, and God's plan and intention is to meet those needs. But you have to do it his way. But the old enemy, he tries to get you to do it all kinds of other ways. And when you believe his lie, which, 
you know, could be whatever. Um, it's like, it's like, gotcha. And he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to put us in bondage. He says, this man will come to work the work with counterfeit power and signs, and he will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. So God will cause them to be greatly deceived, and they will believe these lies, and they will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. That's a pretty heavy verse, but, you know, you read the news, and you actually can see that some people, that's where they're at. They've gone to a place where now... Um, you know, the Bible says another place, it says they become darkened in their understanding. You know, pretty soon, if uh, you do certain things long enough, you, you get so deceived that pretty soon you can't hardly tell the truth from a lie, from right, from wrong. And, you know, pretty soon they're calling wrong right. Um, you know, it says uh, their minds are full of darkness and they wander far from the life that God gives because they've closed their minds and they've hardened their heart and they have no sense of shame. They live in lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. It's since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, get off that old nature, it says, that former way of life which was corrupted by lust and deception, and instead, renew your mind. Walk in the truth. Walk in love. You know, and, you know, it, it even says in Romans, you know, that they held the truth in their unrighteousness. See, it's like when we know the truth and we intentionally don't do the truth, that's even more dangerous. Because once we know the truth, we're responsible uh, to live it. And that is the enemy's purpose, to steal, kill, and to destroy, to deceive us by lying, by accusing, by condemning, by putting guilt, by putting regret, hurt, offenses, and we all battle this. And that's why, you know, when we think of the kingdom of God, of being righteousness, peace, and joy, it's like, okay, we're the righteousness of God in Christ, right? What does that give me? It gives me peace with God. And when I live that, I obey God, I, I find joy because I serve God, because I love him. And really, that's what it's talking about when Jesus, it says, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, he despised the shame. It says, henceforth, he sat down at the right hand of God the Father. See, he could see as much as it was this cup, he said, he wept, or he, he even, you know, it says, sweat, drops of blood. I mean, he did not enjoy doing what he had to do. But his love for God was so great that he could see the result that compelled him to do what he did. What an example for us. See, to do the truth and to make those choices, it's not easy. It'll cost you some time. It'll be difficult. But the result on the other side is worth it. The dividends are incredible. When we live a righteous life and we have peace with God, there's something that's worth living for that I'm sure that you've experienced, and we got to remember that every time, every time 
when we're tempted, when it's a tough choice, when you know what you should do and you don't feel like doing it, do it. Because um, the rewards, you know, God sees and God rewards obedience. God rewards faithfulness. And we all know that what we sow, we reap. And, you know, when you let the peace of God rule in your heart, because God's peace will always bear witness to the truth. God's spirit confirms what he says. You know, it's that still small voice. It's like, uh -uh 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 -uh, don't do that. Be careful. You know, and if we are smart enough to follow the peace of God, because as soon as we begin to do something that we shouldn't do, you begin to lose your peace. And, uh, you know, we know that there's no condemnation for us. Um, you know, the Bible talks about being, uh, he, he trains us, you know, to hear his voice. And, you know, the Bible says that, you know, for, for he even chastens those he loves. I don't know if you've ever been taken to the woodshed, you know, but sometimes God will take you to the woodshed. Uh, he'll discipline you. And he disciplines you because he loves you. And it says no chastening for a while seems like, man, this is cool. We're getting away with it, you know. There's no consequences. But he said, really, no. He says his chastening is his love. His chastening is actually does something that's good for us. You know, when you spank your little kid, what do you do? You're training him. See, his chastening, his truth, his word trains us in righteousness. And that's why he disciplines us. He disciplines us because he loves us. And, um, you know, the Bible says that he guides you with his eye. And if you know somebody or if you know God, you know that look. You know, like when your husband or your wife, you know, gives you that look, uh, you know what that look means. It's like, or, you know, not so good or good. See, and if you, if you have a relationship with God, you kind of, you kind of know that look. You know, it's like David says in other ways, he says, you possess my reins. You know, like a horse, if the horse knows you as the driver, you just got to touch it, and he knows immediately. Because he knows if he don't turn, it's going to get harder. And if we can learn to follow God with his peace, with that witness of the Spirit, with his eye, with his voice, with his word, I mean... We're doing ourselves a favor. Um, so I, I guess I've learned some of that maybe the hard way. You know, the Bible says judge yourself so that you're not judged. You know, if, you, if we're wise enough to obey because we love God, uh, that's the best way. You know, God will teach us with his word. And then he'll speak to us through friends. The last way circumstances and uh, that's not the best way to learn but God loves us enough that he'll allow circumstances to get us back on the right path if need be and and he says you know watch out he says stay alert he says your enemy the devil prowls around looking for an opportunity looking for any chance he has to Accuse you, deceive you, lie to you, condemn you, get you. 
And that's what Satan is. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. But Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And that's our battle. You know, the question is, is what lie are we believing? Or what lie have we believed? You know, because there is usually a line or a connection between a problem and a lie. If, if, if a person is battling something, you know, whatever it might be, the root cause is usually a lie. Usually they've bought into some deception that you're no good or you don't measure up or, you know, it's a hurt, it's a wound. It's some lie that is usually connected and the solution is the truth. The truth will set you free. God will forgive you. God loves you. God's for you. But we got to be very careful that we understand that freedom is a result or fruit of the truth. And uh, you seek truth, you get freedom. And uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. You know, and our hope and our victory and our defense is the Word of God. And, you know, we're, we sometimes we think we're wrestling against flesh and blood. But really, it's, it's spiritual forces. It's the enemy himself that is trying to deceive us, to put us in uh, bondage. And, you know, we all know that we overcome with the truth by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. You know, when Jesus was tempted, it's an incredible story. You know, here Jesus, he gets baptized and God declares from heaven, he says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He goes up the road just a little ways and he runs into the old enemy. And the enemy says to him, he says, if you're the son of God, then turn these stones into bread. That's reasonable enough, right? He could have turned those stones into bread that quick. Would have been no problem. But he was wise enough and he gives us a lesson it says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. What is the word that just proceeded out of the mouth of God? I'm the beloved son in whom God's well pleased. I don't have to turn these stones into bread to prove anything. I am who God says I am, and I don't have to surrender to your temptation to prove who I am by turning these stones into bread. See, and that's what he wants us to do a lot of times. He wants to, come on, man, show them how tough you are. Let them have it, you know, or, you know, you should defend yourself, or you should get even, you know. No, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. God loves me. God's for me. I don't have to prove anything. And if we can learn that lesson, you know, it's like, what promise are we believing for your situation? Every one, of, every one of us has pain. Every one of us has situations. Every one of us have challenges. What promise are we believing for the victory for your situation? That's the key. Because his word is true. And his word is the truth. It's a savior. It's a redeemer. It's a deliverer. It's an anchor. It's a fortress. I mean, in Psalms, it's a rock. You know, it's a defense. And that's why he challenges us to study to show yourself workman approved, rightly dividing the word of truth. 
when you need the solution, you got to know a scripture that you can stand on because the truth always wins. And, you know, the Bible tells us his promises are yes and amen. And God wants to fulfill those promises to us. You know, in Jeremiah, he says, he says, that's, he says I'm watching and I'll carry out my plans and I'll tell you. He said, I have plans for you to prosper you and to give you a future and a hope. And he says, I'll make every word and promise come true. But we got to understand that. We got to believe that. We got to hang on to that. You know, there's a lot of stories where they hung on to the truth for a long, 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 long time until they inherited the promise. And it says, you know, if God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, how would he not also freely give us all things? He proved his love by giving us the best. I mean, you know, sometimes you pray and you think like you almost find yourself like trying to talk God into doing something for you, you know, like twist his arm. No, he's got, he got promises that he's already showed. He's already for you. He's already given his best. So, I mean, he knows, he understands, and he wants to bless us. And, you know, it says he makes us his captives, and he leads us along in this procession, and he uses us to spread the knowledge of God. You know, like, he wants to use us and our victories to show others, to encourage them. If you can do it, I can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. Look what God did for me. See, everything in our lives God wants to use as a testimony to encourage our faith and for us to encourage somebody else to believe that. Been there, done that, I'm free, I've overcome, God delivered me, and, you know, nobody can argue with what God did for you. You know, like the guy said, I don't know for sure what happened. All I know, once I was blind, now I can see. You know, once I was an alcoholic, now I'm not. Once I was this, now I'm not. Whatever your story is, and that's what God does. He leads us in triumph. He delivers us. He sets us free. And he uses us, you know, kind of like his advertisement. So we want to win. And, um, you know, the Bible says that the truth is like a plumb line or it's a cornerstone. Um, you know, the Lord says, he says he's placing in Zion this foundation. The foundation, a firm, tested, absolute. And, you know, it's like, like the plumb line. I took along like a level. You know, it's like I took along like a recipe book. I mean, any of you women, you know, you could say like, the, the, the Bible is our recipe book, and you got to follow it to the detail or it's not going to turn out. See, it's like the recipe book here. Okay, so you put all the ingredients together, you follow the instructions, and now, you, now you'd say you're done. No, 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 no. Now you still got to put it in the oven. You got to put it on the right temperature, and you got to bake it for the right amount of time. And if you do all of that, you probably have something good turn out. See, and that's just like the Word of God. I know these, you know, but I got to live them. I got to practice them. I got to do them. You know, it's like when you, when you want to build, if you guys build, you know when you start, you start uh, in the corner. And it's got to be square, 
and it's got to be level. And if you don't believe the level or you don't believe the square, if it's like you call it good enough, if you start an inch off, about 15 feet over, you're going to be a foot off. And that's just the way it is with our lives. We have got to live the truth of God's word if we're going to inherit the promises that he wants. That's why he says, buy the truth. Get the truth. Live according to the truth. Don't compromise. You know, the truth is God's love for us. You know, it's like I was thinking this morning, you know, I thought, like, the truth is like God holding your hand, like a dad walking or a mom walking their kids. And then you get about so far, and he lets you go. Now you do it. And then you look back. You know, a little kid, they usually look back if you let them go. And they're looking, am I doing okay? Am I all right? You give them that look, and it's cool. Or you. That's like the truth of God's word. He's always guiding. He's always directing. He's always protecting. He's always loving. And he always wants what's best. And it's like, choose this day who you'll serve. You know, it's an everyday choice. Every day. Sometimes it's more than once a day. You know, you start off pretty good in the morning, and by noon, you're starting to wander off a little bit. You got to get back to the truth, to God's word. It'll guide you. It'll direct you. It'll bless you. It'll cause you to get the inheritance that's yours. And, you know, David, he said, my heart is fixed. I've made my mind up. I'm trusting in the Lord. I'm not looking anywhere else because God is my, my answer, my solution, my salvation. And he said, all my springs of joy are in thee. You know, the old song is, oh, how he loves me. And it's our love for him that gets us to believe and to trust and to live in his truth. You got any questions? I'll let you go on time. So thanks for coming. Um, this week we kind of like laid the foundation. Next week I'm going to try to apply it and take it up a notch, you know, like when. So hope you come back next week. I just want to let you know there's... There's um, uh, offering boxes in the back, and, um, you know, there's coffee and cookies down in the atrium. Um, there's dessert and pie. Um, April 27, there's going to be a com combined night of uh, uh, worship and prayer. So, you know, I don't know if there's anybody here, but if you've never chosen the truth, be the best choice you ever made. Choose the truth. Choose Jesus. He loves you. And, you know, his arms are open wide because he cares. And the cool thing, he's won the victory for you. The price has been paid. It's free. But it will cost you. It will cost you. But it's worth it. So let's pray as we go, shall we? Lord, we thank you for your truth. We thank you for your love. And we thank you, God, that your plan is to get us to live life to the fullest, to bring glory to you, to be an example to others. And God, I pray for each person here that 
you would help them to find the truth, find the hope, find the answer in you to every one of their situations. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this series. For more information, call 616-534-4923 or visit us at reslife.org.